Uh, I'd read Paradise Lost by Milton Ugh. when I was 10, which is like, if you think of Shakespeare's old English, this is, Older. <laughs> this is, this has words that have been dead for so long. Yeah. And it's just when you read that, you go, well, you know, Maniac McGee's not so hard now. Welcome to Tales from the Ditch, coming at you in 2021. It is cold in here. It's freezing. <laughs> the heater is not working. We're going to leave it on. Hope it doesn't affect the audio too bad. Drinking narwhal, smoking. I think smoking, it'll warm it up in here, because usually that does the trick. I'm always sweating by the end. I remember we had Ryan Smith on, I took off my shirt, and he's like, what are you doing? He's just so uncomfortable. He was uncomfortable Is it my raw time. masculinity <laughs> that bothers you? We got to get that guy back on the show Yeah, from a distance. So, uh, what's been going on, Seth? What's new? Anything? Uh, we are both successful published authors. That's right. Seth's book came out, when did it come out? Officially Friday? Uh, It was on... So Wednesday, the paperback came out last Wednesday. And then this Monday, all the pre-orders for like ebook, Kindle, whatever, officially like uh, download or whatever, people's phones. Samson, I was way off. So. Awesome. Well, to be fair to you, I kept realizing <laughs> mistakes I made and adding prices and dates like four times. So it's all, you're live, but this is in review <laughs> next day. This is also in review. You add this at 2 a.m. This is in review. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, man. Both of our books are out there and it feels pretty good, huh? Like, uh, <clears throat> there's a lot of people who, you know, they're kind of our friends. So I think that, you know, their opinion is, is probably a little biased in our favor, but they're giving us a lot of good feedback and that feels good. And the fact that literally we've made money. Actually made money. Like, t like not a lot, but, um, we at made least money. four million. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I made, I've made at least more than one of my paperbacks costs. That's pretty, pretty cool. Yeah. Most authors don't do that. Yeah. There you go. We're trying to get, we're trying to get big time, but this yeah. is the first one. Eventually we'll be big time. We'll be like, uh, the romancing the stone lead. Gabby it, Hayes big. <laughs> Gabby Hayes. It's such a fine line. Cause like, I want to just write cause I enjoy it. But the dream also is, well, if I could get paid to write and just enjoy yeah. it. But to do that, I'm trying to get with a publisher because then they can do the promoting and, and they just, they advertise and promote the crap out of you. And then you get out there. It just, I don't know, but it's so weird because I don't want that to be the whole focus. But if that happens, then I can make writing the whole focus. Can can we do a, sh can we talk about your mom and her yeah. budding career? Yeah. Okay. Here's a cool story. Yeah. Seth's mom was a, uh, has a degree in ling linguistics. Yep. Linguistics. Yeah. And, um, so she was, she, you know, f in your household, reading and writing and things like that was pretty important. And yes. she wanted to make sure that, that you guys had a full grasp of language. And, and, and so I remember you were reading, um, pretty advanced stuff. Like you were reading Lord of the Rings when I met you in fourth grade. Yeah, I read pretty crazy for a fourth grader. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so <laughs> exactly, not too bad. Um, so um, your mom though uh, didn't end up being a writer, probably because she was raising you and the nightmare that that must have been. But and um, two, raising me and two other characters in my book. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but she uh, she definitely she like always. Um, Always had that like uh, linguistics edge in the back of her, and we and whenever when I lived with you guys, we would always talk about books and stuff like that. She would always be kind of explaining things that were over my head to me. You know what I mean? Like yeah. we were talking about the other day the the C.S. Lewis Space Trilogy and how the first two books are great. Yeah, there's like a little bit of weird political talking that uh, goes on for a bit, but the third book, that hideous strength. Um, I had never until recently been able to get through that, yeah. but I remember your mom explaining it to me and basically saying, well, here's what you missed and here's like the meaning of this yeah. and blah, 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 blah. And so she's always been a great resource 
Um, but she never really got out there to, um, do any writing of her own, at least, uh, not to share it with the world. Yeah. Until you started writing a book. Yeah. She, I think there's a lot that goes into it. Cause then there's, you know, you have insecurities or confidence and I, I wrestled with some of those too. And like, oh, well, you know, no one, no one wants to read this and I'm not that good at, and, um, I don't know what kind of finally, you know one or over i think my dad was saying the same thing as me and my brother was telling her it too of like look we may have argued with you a lot but there's if there's one thing you're not it's stupid right you know you know words you know how to write like she she can make all these you know answers about everything else of well i can't do this i can't she knows words right she knows the science behind language and she had good ideas she was telling me stuff and i go yeah, like that, that's, you have a story already. So her and I, she finally, uh, wanted to do it and like write a book and commit to it. So I went over to her house to like storyboard and talk about things. And I'm of course standing using lots of hand movement, like pointing at the scene, like, all right, picture this and you're going to do this. And, and then she's really good with structure. So, so she's going, okay, but is that going to be chapter one or two? And the prologue comes before that. She goes, when do I set up and how long is the subplot? And she knows all that. Right, right. So it was cool because she has good ideas. I'm just loud and creative. So I'm like, no, 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 that's not enough. Have the cop get like spit blood and then someone gets pistol whipped. I'm like, <laughs> cause she's like, oh, I'll say this. And they discovered, I go, no, no, no. She's shaking with hypothermia and someone pulls a knife. Like I, cause I feel that's my strength. So she's good with structuring. I feel I'm good with creativity and hooks. Like, because I could do that with sermons too, like a hook. Just something where the book opens up and it slaps you in the face. And you're like, what? When did, how did this happen? And then I, the next chapter, act like nothing happened at all and keep going. And they're like, whoa, 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 wait, no, no, no. What, what's going on? What, how did that happen? Because the draw them in. Right. So I'm hoping, you know, I can support her in that. And uh she even was doing like research on... I told you this, I think, between coroners and medical examiners yeah. and how the police right. function and what would actually be breaking the law. And because it's, and I was, yeah, I'm just proud of her because she's never too late to start, I guess, man. So the, the very cool thing about it is this has been, she has a story in mind that she's yep. been thinking of for Series, years. Yeah. And, uh, she's finally going to put it on paper. And so, like, you and I, uh, wrote our books. You know, 70% out of spite just to yes. do it um, because other people didn't. But um, I am truly excited to see, like, your mom's book and see what happens with that. I think, if anything, she's going to become the the uh, Angela Lansbury. Or who's the lady? In, what's the name of the lady? In, yeah. Uh, Murray, she wrote? Yeah, that's yeah, it, Angela right? Lansbury. Yeah. yeah. Does she have a character name, though? Her? Wait, is that the actor or the character? I can't remember. It doesn't matter. Anyways. That's uh, a good question. I'm not saying that, uh, but I'm just saying like she's going to be, I think she's going to be very successful and it's going to be super awesome. And I'm so glad it's finally going to be out on paper. And it's something that might not have ever made it uh, if it weren't for us being just so excellent and awesome and everything that we do. She calls you her second son. Yeah. And I'm like... Have you actually called Jeb recently, your actual son? Because <laughs> <laughs> you know he's your actual – no, it's cool too because now – um so with the help you've given me and some of the stuff I've seen too, I can like refer her like, hey, here's the editor I used. You might want to go with a different price. So here's a different editor that I saw that was like my second and third choice. Um If she ever wanted to publish once I go through stuff, I'm like – Oh, yeah. here's how you send a manuscript. Because we did the self-publishing, but now it's like sending to a company. I can tell her, like, all right, right. they're looking at this. They don't want that. Um, you know, do you have a literary manager? So it's cool because I can help her. But more importantly, it's just the talent's there. She can write. Yeah, totally. She knows it and she knows words. So I don't know. I think she'll be surprised with how good it is. And I, yeah, I 100% support her. I told her I'll read. I've read your book like three or four times. I'll absolutely read her book. Yeah. I told her, I said, I'll, I'll read rough drafts, anything. Yeah, yeah. it's going to be awesome. Yeah, I think she's planning three books, something like that. So Don't cool. quote me on that. I think three books. That's awesome. Can't remember. She's going to get rich. Dude, if she sells out, I told her, I said, always sell <laughs> put out. violence in there. <laughs> Just lots of violence. <laughs> always. That's the thing. You know what's funny? I was warning churchy people, like, it's not just the language in my book. I go, 
there's a decent amount of people who get killed. I yeah. was like, like, uh, I think I was talking to Mike Cox, he, my illustrator. Um, and he said, yeah, I, I've read, you know, just chapter one or two. He goes, yeah, I think like 30 people are dead. And I go, <laughs> yeah. Cause when I think about, especially like that battle later on when they're through a whole city. Yeah. Is that's a lot of people. Yeah. So my book has a lot of death and a lot of pistol whipping. So yeah. Well, I think that may be a, uh, shock to the Christian community that, uh, Christians <laughs> have creativity and, aren't within the confines of Western American uh, church ideals. So uh, that'll be good. Almost like the shock that the church had when, uh, when uh, the right stormed the capital of the United States. Oh, that when did that time? happen? Oh, it was, a, it was a little while ago. Um, yeah, they said, uh, we refuse to accept that this uh, democratic voting process is legit. And so we're going to do something by storming the Capitol by force. And it's going to, and it, with the intention of changing, uh, what's been decreed, which is kind of interesting. Uh, cause all of those people three months ago were saying, I have to vote and how important it is. Yeah. <laughs> it's so and now weird. They say, it's funny. Some of the stuff they were saying is stuff you've been saying for years. I of, know. It's a fraud. It's a fake. It's a scam. They steal the election. It's all corrupt. And you got crap for it. And now there. Isn't that funny? But. But I didn't storm no capital. Yeah. I just uh, avoided it. But isn't it interesting? Um, the, uh, the fact that you can storm a capital. Did you know you could do that so easy? Well, now I do. I, if I had I known mean, it was now. that lax. <laughs> right. That's Isn't like that impressive. I ran into more security trying to get back in at Warp Tour. <laughs> like, <laughs> there is exactly. Brendan and I were talking about that. He goes, dude, he goes, you didn't even fight. He goes, they thought you were associated with the fight and you got kicked out at Warp Tour. Cause that was the one time I was innocent where I was like, no, I'm really not fighting. It really like, wasn't me. I was like, but they were on it. And I go, how do they have more a handle on things? <laughs> so ridiculous. But I did. All right. Here's what I find interesting because narratives, people change them when it you know becomes inconvenient. So sure. I wasn't shocked when they had lawsuits and challenged the election results. I remember when George W. I think it was Florida was a big thing. Mm-hmm. They wanted the recounts. So I'd seen it before. I kind of went, okay. The the other language I was a little concerned by of like, we're not going to accept this. Yeah. And I was like, okay. But I wasn't that surprised by it. And I kind of came to consensus that a lot of people did of, Okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. There's no question that every year there's some fallacy or false votes or fraud or something or mess ups. But that's not the case. The case is, was there enough that it would have been a different outcome? Yeah. And I saw over and over where even some conservative judges are going, no, there wasn't enough. There wasn't enough. Even, you know, even if all that's true, what we found isn't even close to what you need. Like examples like, okay. This place, I need 14,000 to win. Well, they found like 1,800 examples. That's not enough. Okay. If there's things you want to address with that, of like clean stuff up, cool. But what I found interesting was there was all this stuff of like, you know, the lawsuits and asking for another recount. You know, it was un-American. I go, wait, but George W., not to this extent. I don't think it was this hardcore. I don't think there was belligerent either. But to a certain extent, the left back then was a little like... Hey, we want to recount. We want yeah, this. We don't want to trust it. Well, now you flash forward and the narrative is a little different. Now, I'm not saying Trump and them, there wasn't different dialogue, but they kind of go, this is unheard of historically. I go, not really. There's been accusations of corruption many times. I think Tyler was telling me one president had to wait a year because there was so much fraud. Right. To find out. So one, it's not unprecedented, but that's the narrative switch because now the other side's doing it. Yes. The other thing I find funny is, um, so Joe Biden, I thought I'd see conservative guys say, well, conspiracy guys, let's say, oh, he's in league with Antifa. But then when these guys storm the Capitol to break up him being listed right. as the official president, they go, oh, it was Antifa. I go, I thought Antifa was on Joe Biden's side. They go, no, no, no. Antifa's not on anyone's side. I go, you know, I've been saying that for years, right? <laughs> that they're anarchists. Right. I've said over and over, Antifa is not liberals. They didn't like Clinton. They didn't like, but they're anarchists. Yeah. And now they finally catch on and go, well, they don't like anyone to be fair. They're anarchists. And I go, 
okay, but you were the one saying they were in Biden's pocket, and now they're stopping it. The FBI and police have come forward and said, no, this wasn't led by Antifa. Even one of the guys who they said is, is actually, he's been connected with white supremacy groups, still don't listen, which that's another narrative change. We can trust the police. We can trust law enforcement. Just do what you say. Exactly. Now it's, well, they may be incompetent. They may be corrupt. They may be wrong. They don't know what they're talking about. I know better than them. And some of these supporters attacking a cop, I go... Yeah, saying kill a cop with his own gun. After Blue Lives Matter. Right. And it just makes me... Here's the thing. It doesn't make me hate Republicans. It doesn't make me hate Democrats. But it's the whole human thing of like, all this idolatry, all this imperfection, all these things we've worshipped and it just shows well one how full of crap we all are yeah but of how quickly uh we throw out ethics and ideals when it's not convenient how often we say narratives politically and then when you know the rubber meets the road suddenly we see we didn't mean any of them and didn't really hold that conviction because you can't say blue lives matter and then attack them you can't and i see this with a lot of people i saw this with uh biden it was Democrats were like, he's a pervert. Look at how he touches women. And you need to believe all women. Yeah. And I'm like, everyone. did you believe all women when they accused Bill Clinton? And it's like, and then those same people months later were like, dude, you got to vote for Biden. And they're doing gymnastics of why, you know, of, well, here's why. And well, and this was just a mistake. Well, this was misunderstood. Well, you know, the lesser two evils. And it was the same with Trump. I remember being like, I am a never Trump voter. We need to be supporting Rubio or this guy. Then those same people months there. Well, Seth, I mean, you got to understand what we're up against. And you got to stop exactly. Marxism and the lesser of two evils. And I go, this is the storming the Capitol. There you go. That's 60 years of the lesser of two evils. So next time they critique you or me, I'm going to say, you know what the funny yeah. thing is? You haven't tried it my way and it's failed. In fact, we've only tried it your way for 60 years. Exactly. And this is what we've got. Exactly. So that's my thing is, yeah. Clearly, you know, there's some problems. There's a fallen nature to all of us. I don't think there's any system that'll work out perfectly this side of, you know, redemption. Humans are messed up. Yeah. Yeah. But there is a solution to the political problem, and that is don't vote. Stop voting. (laughs) Because literally, even even with all this stuff, we're going to do all this activism so that you guys will recount the stuff, but you're still trusting the counters to do their job. Doesn't. Asking criminals to turn themselves exactly. in. Exactly. <laughs> you're, you're asking people who counted the first time to count again. And like the fact that the system is the way that it is, the fact that the, the fact that we can have, like you said, only 1800 votes that were fraudulent, that were proven fraudulent. Yeah. But you needed 18,000, right? Yeah. Um, the fact that there's even 1800 votes is a chink in the armor. It's yeah. a weak link. Absolutely. And it's like, how is it that it's harder to jailbreak an iPhone than it is to right? fraudulently <laughs> vote? How is it that it's harder to do most things? How is it that it's harder to steal money than it is to steal a vote? For me to reset my password on some accounts takes more authentic- authentication than voting. Where it's like, okay, you want to change your password? Well, we're sending a text to your old yeah. email. And you need to authenticate. And what's a six-digit code? And if you don't do it in 20 seconds, you're done. If you guys were going to storm the Capitol to make a change, I'm sorry to say it's too late. You had an opportunity to make your voice heard. And that was not through yeah. voting for the people that they, the ones that you're up against, are giving to you. You're being served these masters and you don't have to take it, but you are by participating in this silly system. So don't vote. And then you don't have to storm capitals. And honestly, we would all get along great if we all didn't vote, I think. It'd be it'd be fantastic. Oh, and the, here's the other thing. Biden got sworn in the other day, right? Yeah. What day was that? That was about 10 days ago? Was it? It was on the 20th or 21st, something like that. Oh, was it? Maybe maybe something like that. So it's been about five days. Yeah, it's like five days, I think you're um, right. Yeah. And uh, I'm, I'm not a communist yet. Which is weird because I was told that if we were to let him gain the presidency, that I would become a communist. And it hasn't happened yet. And I'm, I'm just tried? awfully confused. I've tried so hard. <laughs> so hard. But I'm just going to watch it all burn and laugh. Uh, those guys, it was so surreal to see on TV. And 
I was at work and it was interesting. People who would so casually state things as fact walk, walking by like, oh, they already got him out. I heard it. I, I checked the new, no, they, they didn't even let him in. I go, yeah. Okay. I just watched guy climbing. When he goes, well, besides him, they already got him out. I go, what source did you have again? He goes, no, I, I just, you just got to trust me. I go, no, I don't. I actually argued with him. I was like, stop talking down to me, telling me like, right. That I said, do you have a source? And just, well, now walks by again. Oh, well, no, they said, they said they got a few in, but they already cleared them. I go, really? Cause I see you guys sending tear gas and they said they're hiding. And he's like, well, and that's, I've seen this in the season. People so willing to state quick things with little to no research as fact. Like, all right, the Q stuff. I had, a, so our friend Jim shared on Facebook some of the Q messages of what they said would go down. And I'm like, this sounds like a sci-fi book. Yeah. Like right. it sounded so unbelievable where I'm going. Like, this has to be a joke, man. And nope, people are like, no, that's what's going to happen. I go, and what about when it doesn't? It's like, oh, that was another thing. Another narrative change. Um, <laughs> someone brought up two things. It was Tommy Lauren and Lindsey Graham. And don't worry, I'm not just hammering conservatives. I have my own issues with the Democrat Party. That, to quote uh, Dave Chappelle, they, uh, what is it, kick the, le- what do you say? They already cry kicked like the back leg out from Bernie. He oh, says, yeah. <laughs> did the leg sweep. What was it? Sweep the leg. Yeah, something like that. I have my own issues with Democratic Party. I, I can tell you for hours the issues I have with them. But Tommy Lauren said, and someone's like, this didn't age well. She goes, you know what's going to happen if Trump loses? People will go back to their jobs. They're not going to do anything. They're not going to damage you know, if Biden loses, they're going to riot. They're going to cause trouble. Uh, <laughs> that tells you all you need to know. Yeah. And someone's like, hmm. and then Lindsey Graham had one that said, if we pick Trump, we will lose, you know, it'll destroy our party and we'll deserve it. And then when those became inconvenient, it's like, it's like no joke. He was a huge critic of him, but then when it became inconvenience, <clears throat> well, but I'm, and it's this, here's, here's the funny thing I want to bring up. If you have an issue with worldviews, cause they're secular as a Christian, Okay, I'll hear you out. I mean, you you have a point. You say it's a secular worldview. It's not from the Bible, blah, blah, blah. It's fallible. Okay, well, don't just focus on the ones that you don't like or the ones that are popular, trending, or buzzwords then. Mm. Look at all the worldviews that have snuck in then. Not just the ones you like. Not just the ones that you feel like are coming from the other side. Because this idea of um, – what was the – oh, consequentialism. It's, yeah. kind of, it's, it's something I've brought up about uh, secular philosophy. You know, people go after CRT, critical race theory and all this, and they go secular, secular. Okay, okay. If you want to go after world theory, world uh, theories, you know, worldly theories that have come into church from the outside, I'll absolutely discuss that. But just don't pick and choose and only because they're liberal or only because they're conservative, go after them all then. I, I've said this before. If you guys smash one idol, smash all of them. Um, consequentialism is where we get a lot of that stuff of the ends justify the means, the lesser of two evils, the greater good. And that whole school of philosophy is not from the Bible. And yet I've seen that creep a lot into our politics, our nationalism, our thinking, ethics. I mean, that's ultimately what Lindsey Graham did. It was, well, the ends justify the means. Yes, I'm criticizing Trump. Yes, he's wrong. But he's in charge now and I can get stuff done. So I'm going to work with, I'm going to say this, do that. And um, it's a, worldly, secular, it's outside the church worldview and it's creeping in. They get all of them. I mean, there's so many things I've seen. We see that with the health and wealth. That's ultimately, if you break it down, if you try enough and believe enough, you get the American dream. And it's this worldly view of, you know, name and acclaim and this, you know, positive thinking stuff of, you know, if you just were more positive, you wouldn't have cancer. If you got, There's just all this mess to it. Go after them all. That's all I'm saying. And I've said this and people get mad. I'm not defending any of those theories and not saying I'm better than them, but it's like we go after a popular one like critical race theory and ignore all these other isms and things popping into our minds and our faith and our religion. The Christian nationalism we've seen of confusing the kingdom for the country, the flag for the cross, and these politicians and pundits for our apostles, you know, people who can't name any of the church fathers in the last, you know, 2000 years, but they can tell you who they listen to on TV. It just, what we st- saw at storm in the Capitol was those people um, were defending their God. You know, they were storming Mount Olympus to kill the other rival gods. It's, I mean, honestly, that's what we saw. It was, we're defending our God. It's, we're defending, you know, we're defending our kingdom. We're defending our new heaven, new earth. We're defending our doctrine. This is our gospel. 
you know, and it just, I, I don't even judge them. I, I mean, I want to see how they were discipled and how they came there, but that's what you saw. They were storming the temple of an opposing God and trying to strike down these, you know, infidels and, and oppose this evil that they were having, you know, they were having everything stolen from, they were having their kingdom stolen from them. And it just, it's interesting because New Testament, they bring up what they expect from Jesus. He was going to overthrow Rome. He was going to use power, which is so interesting. This whole idea of Christians thinking we win through power. Yeah. And I go, well, in an upside down kingdom, though, we don't operate like the world. And to be honest, how is that different than the world? That's everywhere. The idea that through power, through influence, you control things and get what you want and run things and have the world you want and run the government you want and have the society you want through power. That's not new. That's how the world's been for forever. So when Christians are doing that, I go, well, how's that a different kingdom? How's that a different option? Putting your hope and power? That's not, that's not a different kingdom. You may say it differently, but it's like, so, so much of this has to do with worship and idols and gods and. Yeah, I've seen so much, yeah. uh, just this last year, so much effort, so many calories burned denouncing any type of cultural Marxism. And at the same time, like allowing for, uh, a heretical prosperity gospel in their own neck of the wood. You know what I mean? And ignoring that and going against the other side, which, um, set your eyes upon old glory. <laughs> that's right. That was. Oh my god. Well, gosh. what's the big deal? Well, what's the big deal? I go, hold on. And, and someone tried to justify it with, well, other people have used, you know, spiritual imagery. Hold on. If you're using a reference from some Puritan or spiritual imagery, and I'm not even sure if I'm okay with that if you're using it for political means and, and authority, but there's a big difference between allusions to things or ideas or themes that might be connected to a religion or something versus taking direct, specific scripture and changing the words. Yeah, I have an issue with that. Oh, and it's gosh. funny how many people defended it and argued with me on it. Versus, here, here's, you know what the simple answer would have been? Yeah, okay. Yeah, maybe he should have said that. Hey, I still like him. Yeah, I still support him. But maybe, yeah, all right, maybe on that. What is, what is so wrong with doing that? I'm going, well, you know, I still support this or I still believe in this, but okay, maybe on that he was wrong. Yeah. You know, it's okay to be wrong. Does everyone know it's okay to be wrong? But yeah, set your eyes on old glory. And we're called, I think, biblically, or uh, I know that that's an arrogant way to put it. We're called, I can think of an example in the Bible where we're called to hold people who are considering themselves Christians to a much higher standard than people who aren't. Absolutely. So you have a... What do I have to do with judging the world? Exactly. Yeah. You have cultural Marxists out there, but if they're not calling themselves Christians, I know there are some Christians who would say, you know, we're we're in absolute support of uh, this critical race theory because th- it does this and that, but not many. And for the most part, we're spending so much effort denouncing the world that we're allowing people who are calling themselves Christians to run around and be heretical about uh, certain things that have have clearly been proven heresy, you know, f- fifteen hundred years ago. Yeah, there's there's councils to determine that it was heresy. It was decided, but we're years, not yeah. relying on that orthodoxy that's so important to us right now uh, to denounce it. We're we're worried about the the communists coming to take our guns and stuff like that. It's just frustrating. Anyways, that was a that was a large a large topic. Did you watch? I just it on wanted TV? to make a joke. Yeah, man. My wife told me she goes, "Hey, what's going on in Washington right now?" I go, "I don't know. Probably corruption." She goes, "No, there's like an event happening, and people are storming the Capitol." And I go, "Uh oh." I go, "What color is their skin?" Because that makes a difference. <laughs> and she goes, "No, it's the Trump supporters. They're refusing the election results." And I go. Oh, yeah, I kind of could see that happening, but I didn't really think it was a big deal. And, um, and, you know, you look it up, you go, Hey, what's going on in the Capitol right now? And there's everything on the conservative side says, No big deal, small, th- small occurrence happening at Capitol, ignore it. And then you start to see, uh, eyewitnesses there, you know, posting not through media sources, <laughs> just posting regular stuff saying, Hey, check out what these white people are doing. And I go, Oh my gosh. What is happening there? And just the weirdest. It was just the strange, weirdest dude. folks. Like you had guys, you had the guy 
with the ammo cans and the back of his lifted American made yeah. solid front axle, uh, pickup truck and, uh, with flags and a Trump flag in the back. But you also had like 70 year old women running around. It, it yeah. was so weird, man. It was just so weird to see. It was a trip. It just, uh, it's hard to, cause you brought this up. It's, I don't know, almost like we're so neck deep in the idolatry and everything that there's no, there's almost no even discussion now. Like, yeah, it, it really is like, there's an answer for everything. Oh, they stormed the Capitol. Wasn't them. It's Antifa. Okay. It's not Antifa. No, the FBI and cops are corrupt. Where are you getting this from? Well, this source. Well, that's not a real news source. Well, you just listen to fake news. And I go, what? And even if you go, well, you know, I, I, you know, I think Joe Biden kind of did. Oh, you obviously support Trump. No, I never said that. I don't know. Hillary just, well, not as bad as Bush. And I'm like, that's the other thing that drives me nuts is the second it's constant. Just own when you made a mistake. Instead, it's okay. They're writing. But is this not what we saw over the summer? But immediately it's, here's my re, they basically do this. They go, okay, this is happening. But now here's my argument why the other side is worse. And then you bring them another thing and they're, okay, that might be true. But here's why they did first. And actually they caused this. And then the other side responds, no, you did this worse. And actually, if it wasn't for 30 years ago, when you started this, this whole thing wouldn't have happened. And it's always, it's never this owning of, you know, today my side was part of the problem. It's, constant like looking for this competition of i i every second have to be showing why the other side is a hypocrite why i'm less of one why they're wrong why i'm right why i'm the answer they're the problem just constantly well oh but they but they but they what about just saying yeah today today it was me yeah yeah today today we may mess up it sucks we'll move forward it's like nope this is why you're worse yeah and i don't know I don't know. I look at it and go, you want me to be involved in this? What about this is beautiful or patriotic anymore? What? Cause even the voting, it's not positive. It's negative patriotism. It's, it's about who I'm voting against. Exactly. Not what I'm for. Not. So it's funny. They're like, you need to be involved in this. I go, why? You just said it's corrupt. You said it was stolen. Why would I vote in a system where elections can be stolen? It, it's a joke, man. I, it's odd I have to argue that so much. I look, I go, you all are in a mess at each other's throats and you're asking me to dive in? No. Have fun. Yeah, I think that um there's like uh there's like this camaraderie that people can have that are on opposite sides where you can joke around about each other a little bit, you know what I mean? But you can still come together and be brothers about it or whatever. You know what I mean? And uh that art form has has completely gone away at least in the united states and i think of like the importance of being able to joke about other people's views and at first i thought that was just me kind of being an anarchist and also like not being able to take anything seriously but the more and more i think about it the more i think that's important like i should have friends that think differently than me and i should be able to discuss with them Without fear of this crazy polarizing divide, um, what I think is silly about their stuff, and we should, we can still be friends about it, but trying to, I think maybe you go past the point of no return with that, where there's, there's no way to get back to a charitable state. And I think that's kind of sometimes the decline of civilization, I think, at some point. And you have nations rise and fall, and I think, uh, once they get past that point of being able to be charitable with their fellow countrymen, I think that's kind of the sign of the fall of that civilization. You know what I mean? I mean, Bitcoin doing great. Isn't that a sign of the end too? <laughs> oh, I was going to, um, so this is why I think we're all going to die. Hold on. Do you remember they came out with that robot who could talk? She was like bald and yeah. So they made an announcement. So. Makers of Sophia the Robot plan mass rollout amid pandemic. Social robots like me can take care of the sick or elderly, Sophia says. Mm. So they're going to make a robot army. Um, right as we're divided in a pandemic, I'm getting a machine gun. <laughs> this is this is the end. I'm sorry. She creeped me out. If they're making an army of them and we're all divided in our home, we're dead. We're all going to die. I can't keep up with the robots. My cardio is bad. 
It's we're done. Think so we're of, all gonna die. <laughs> think of this too. Think of trying to reason with a robot. Like think of trying to explain like a robot obviously all robots are gonna be programmed to think that humans are unreliable and other than energy sources should be uh extinguished so that they can rule right? Obviously. Yeah. I mean every robot. Toasters have that programmed already, right? Yeah. So imagine trying to reason with a robot and say, here's the reason why my society is not something you should destroy. How would you even start that conversation? No. You'd be like, well, there's kids and they're cute and they smile and the dogs are always loyal and nice. Mm. And, um, and, and we're like, and sometimes we sunsets. make the dogs fight each other to the death. <laughs> Yeah, or kids, and depending we, on what we country. Kill children, and yeah, and how? And uh, trust us, though. Like we mean well, and the yeah. you know turtles have straws in their noses, but somebody pulled it out uh, at one time. So after one human put it in there, another one took it out, and and the robots like, well, I'll look through your history. I go, no, no, no. Same no, with no. aliens. <laughs> how are you going to tell aliens? They go, hey, we're <laughs> we're here to share. We want to share a society with you. Uh, we have this. We have like levitation. We can travel through space. Um, we've we've figured out all of these things. What do you guys got? And we're like, well, diabetes. <laughs> yeah, we got the beatus. We just because I mean, if they looked at our history books, they go, "You slaughtered millions," and we go, "The Germans did." They go, "Oh, you're <laughs> sectioned off by country." We go, "Yes, they're different than us." And they're like, okay, as long as it's nothing else, we go, we'll also buy race and religion and gender and age and borders. So they're like, huh? Well, yes, but we're very advanced. Yeah. We did surgery on grape. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Why would they come here? Why? They're all, what you have to offer us? We're like, they go, beans. they go, we, we got beans. We go, hey, well, you know, we, we destroyed the planet, but. We're turning that around. We got electric cars. We feel real bad about it. And the electric cars, you know, those are zero emissions. They go, oh, okay, okay. Well, that's great. Where'd you, how'd you charge those electric cars? We go, well, you know, just plugged it into the wall. No emissions coming out of the wall. They go, well, where'd that electricity come up from? Well... The thing is, solar is going to, you know, make that electricity. Yeah. And they go, oh, great. Well, how much does solar cost? Is it you got free or cheap solar? Ah. No, it's like really expensive. Well, we have geothermal. And they go, oh, that's great. And yeah, we overdid it. And now we've (laughs) fracked ourselves out of uh, underground stability. It's just like. We've literally screwed up everything there is to screw up. We've gone the absolute wrong direction yeah. in any in any way you can. That's yeah. why I'm not a not a post guy. They're all they're all okay. So everyone drives these electric cars. We're like, no, <laughs> yeah, most don't. <laughs> and they're like, huh? But well, we made a real cool one. It was yeah. uh, we called it a Cybertronk. Yeah. <laughs> and the cool thing is, you can't break the windows except when you try to. Yeah, we invented nuclear. Uh, energy. They Power. go, oh, good guy. Yeah, we made bombs with it. Yeah. Uh, we blew up two cities. They're like, oh, okay. Well. <laughs> yeah, we did have an enlightenment, though, where everything was enlightened, right? I'm all, it's nuclear, <laughs> not nuclear. 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 Gosh, do you ever think you would miss George W. Bush so Dude. much? It's funny. He always looked like a worried old grand. Imagine if, though, too, who were they negotiating with? Because if it had been Trump or Biden, I go, don't speak for me, please. <laughs> please, just anyone else. They're like, so, oh, they're your president. Okay, so the, he must be like a scientist or something. He's like the best and brightest. We're like, he's, you know, we know him. He, he's, 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 he's doing good. He's doing good. They're like, okay, all right. I would just lie. And like send a scientist forward and be like, just dress like this, just pretend. Hey, I have a question. Since yes. you're the closest thing to a post millennial uh, around me, and the post millennial view is that things are getting better, that Christianity is um, having a good effect on the planet, and that th- and that eventually through 
um, the means of the church that this uh, peaceful thousand-year millennial kingdom will show up. And so I was just curious. I was just thinking the other day, and I didn't research it because I just wanted to ask somebody because it's funner that way. You know how like animals are are peaceful and not you know like lions aren't killing lambs and stuff like that, or wolves aren't killing lambs and yes, and it, all that stuff's nice. Do you think that that would you think that a postmodal view would be that that happens through the church through domestication of those animals, or is that an effect of the world itself changing on a spiritual level and sin being? See, that's interesting. Oh, you know what was funny though, Babylon B. Always <laughs> so said um, Trump supporters and QAnon decide that Trump's reign is, um, uh, what was it? A spiritual symbolic reign and metaphorical. <laughs> yeah. They said, sim- oh, why'd they awesome. say symbolic? Or- I don't know. I didn't see it. I'm just, yeah, they said, they said something like, it's not, they it's decide not it's not actual rain, it's physical, spiritual. it's more symbolic, spiritual, or metaphorical. <laughs> and <laughs> I just hilarious. loved it. Um, I, I would say a few things. So what I've seen when I've looked at post mill is not necessarily, I don't know if it's the best term to say every day things are just getting better. I think whether it's behind the scenes or in the spiritual realm, whatever you want to call it, there are things happening that are being set up that will lead to or help achieve that, um, what you're talking about, kind of golden era. And I'm, and I'll probably do a terrible job defending this, but so Perfect. it's, so it's not this idea of like, Every day things are getting better. It's no, things are happening, whether through prayer or faithfulness, that eventually it's being set up and moving towards that. Where I don't think we like look at the every day and go, oh, there was a hundred murders today, and then tomorrow there's 99, and the next day is 98. Now you can still dispute that, but just I want to say that to be fair to them, and, and I've held this view before, that's not kind of the perspective that you look and every day you go, Oh, every single day it's there's back and forth. There's movements in history. There's things being set up and eventually it's moving towards that. Um, that being said with the animal, I think you bring up a good choice because we are supposed to have this mastery, this dominion. Yes. And I've heard that's interesting. I've heard that it only takes very specific breeding, like 50 generations of animals which are usually pretty short generations um, yeah. uh, to have like a fully domesticated animal or a, a fairly domesticated animal. So you have like Tiger King and like people are still getting bit by tigers and stuff like that because they haven't gone through this thing. But if you were to breed, if you were to take a hundred tigers and select the most, you know, domesticated ones, however you define that mm-hmm. and continue and then breed that, and from that litter, take the most domesticated ones and breed, 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 all the way down to 50-ish generations, you all of a sudden have a domesticated animal. Now, I I know that there's problems with that, but uh, because, like, the way that we've bred some dogs, like, pure breed dogs are, like, the least healthy dogs because of the, you know, genetic, you know... I don't know how it works exactly, but it's like essentially incestual. Um, the, the, the health of the dogs deteriorates as you do that more and more and more. And I don't know that you would have to necessarily do that with a whole species of animal, but I'm just curious, like if, if that would be, uh, something that, uh, people would want to work towards in post mill. Because basically, here's my point. If I can, uh, bears are reproductive fairly quickly. So I could almost see a completely domesticated bear in my lifetime. And if you can tell me that that's something that I could do for the church as a post millennial, I would convert right now. I'm going to say no. <laughs> so people kind of misphrase it. I don't think it's necessarily lion and lamb. It talks about the wolf laying down, I think, next to the lamb. It talks about the leopard and the. I mean, it's the same idea, but it's phrased a little differently. Yeah. And feel free to respond, guys. I may be getting this wrong. When I see that mentioned in the Bible, it seems to be so tied to the new heaven, new earth, which that to me is not just this rain. It's the, no, it's the final product. The post, post. Seems, I just see a connection with that and it seems to be with his presence and every, it's like the end game. But that's just my opinion. It's a hundred percent opinion. I just think that's tied more to 
new heaven, new earth, because it seems to be like the final thing of like, look, things were be were put back right. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe people say, well, what we're doing is gonna work towards that. And I, I mean, I think that's. I wouldn't say it's wrong if you actually take care of an animal that God created. I think that's just good stewardship. And if you bring it away from that and bring it to a place of joy and it's not causing death or pain, I've, I mean, I don't know why I would be opposed to that. So, I mean, I say get the bear, but I, I think it's a, uh, I think it's more connected to that. That's in my opinion because I'm trying to think of the times it's mentioned. I feel like there's a strong uh, line from that to new heaven, new earth, and his actual presence, like he's here, it's done. But that's my opinion. I mean, I'm sure. So, like, your I might opinion, be completely wrong. Your so. opinion is animals. Where we don't see anywhere where animals are getting along for that thousand years of peace, whether it's metaphorical or not. We see them after Jesus comes back the second, the final time, and makes everything right. That's when the animals are getting along. Yeah, because the thousand years, I don't even think it says that you know sin is impossible. I think it's just so much better than any other era because it doesn't say people won't die and that's still a that's still an effect that we want to push back against and uh but there might be some positive things say you might have animals still killing each other but maybe we've stopped making them go extinct that's one thing that i don't get as good stewardship Mm. like i understand hunting for food of course you get food but hunting something to a point it doesn't exist anymore I don't say, oh, it's good stewardship. I don't know how you justify that. but So maybe that's been reduced, or maybe there's different things. Maybe they act differently. But but I don't know. It's hard because it's – this is why I'm not as certain as some people who are just so certain is I'm talking about something that's never happened, I never experienced before. And with parts of the Bible that, honestly, I feel like I'm pretty ignorant on. I've read them. I've looked over them. I've studied some of it. But there's some – covenantal stuff and also things from like seminary that I, I probably should have studied like years ago before I became a pastor. So that's just my guess. I'd say new heaven, new earth, but I say still get the bear. I don't know. Yeah. Just for the halibut. <laughs> uh, taming halibuts. That would be amazing. You could ride them. They're flat like a carpet. You I could literally ride a halibut like a carpet. were all small. That all tunas were small. Oh no, they're huge. And I saw a picture of it. I'm like, why did I think? I think it's because they come in a can. And it's all little. I'm like, oh. I don't know if you're going to find this interesting or not, but it's a little interesting to me. I remember we grew up in the 80s and 90s, and remember there was like a point where tuna was outlawed. You know what I mean? They're like, you can't eat tuna because you're killing dolphins, and you're like, okay, grandma, you know, how'd you get in here? And you don't understand why that works, and it's like because they get caught in the nets or, or something like that. It was some practice, and it was in lethal yeah. weapon. They were like, "You can't eat tuna." And um, so, anyways, I watched spear fishers and how they catch tuna or not catch spear tuna. Um, they you go on a boat and you're looking for dolphins because you can see dolphins jumping in the water, right? And so they're looking for dolphins and basically they see where the dolphins are headed and they go, they take the boat as fast as they can and try to get ahead of the dolphins. And then they jump in the water and dive down as far as they can go on a breath. And they wait for the dolphins to pass over because what the dolphins are doing all the time is they're just like, they're super good hunters. So they're going and eating these fish and all of this stuff. And basically there's like crumbs of fish or i don't know leftovers that are left behind and so the tuna come after the dolphins and clean up all the leftovers right and so uh what the spear fishers do is they'll let the dolphins pass and then all of a sudden there's this big school of tuna and they just shoot the spear gun into the school of tuna and probably get one they're huge they can be like four or five hundred pounds um and so anyways When people are using nets for fishing and they um, are trying to go for tuna, you can imagine, since they're so close right behind the dolphins, that you would get a bunch of dolphins caught in the net as well. And that's how the dolphins die. But the problem is not necessarily fishing for tuna. It's the means of fishing. It's the nets, right? So you're indiscriminately throwing a net. And pulling up anything that you can, of course you're going to get stuff that's not necessarily what you were. That happens every time I use a net for anything. I had disagreement with the ever dolphin in my life. I heard you slapped a dolphin. I did feel bad about that. But to be fair, I was very small and I was so mad about everything and he spit in my face. So, but 
That's what you're going to do. Just didn't care for him. <laughs> I felt he insisted upon himself. You flogged a dolphin. <laughs> <laughs> Flogging your dolphin again, eh, boy? <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, gosh. Anyways. I don't know. I don't even know what I'm doing here anymore. I'm so tired. I took a muscle relaxer. Oh, great. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> so I'm just tired. I'm like, yeah. But I feel relaxed. My back doesn't hurt, so. Hey, that's good. Shouldn't have snorted it, though. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, oh, gosh. Well. <laughs> here we are. Do you have to work tomorrow? Nope. Nice. I know. I think I still have to work. It's a snow day. Snow day. Do you um, really have to work? I think so, yeah. Do you work from home? Yeah. Well, yeah. But still, there's I'm snow sorry, out. Because I can go, oh, can't get in. You, If you pulled that, you're all, can't get to my computer, guys. They're like, <laughs> They don't know. Oh. It could be in a different house. <laughs> it could be a different house. Well, you're many mansions. How, yeah. do we, how do we sell our books on this podcast? Oh, yeah. So, ugh. first off, give us good reviews on Goodreads. I mean that. Like, I'll pay. I don't care. It's total bribery. <laughs> This is Sean breaking in real quick to let you know that we are doing a book signing tomorrow, Tuesday, February 2nd at 1864 Tavern from 6.30 to 8 p.m. So you can get your book signed by Seth or I or both. We'll sign your baby. We'll sign your Kindle. We'll sign whatever you need. Uh, Sean's book and Hedonia and the Orion Sound, uh, He's it's labeled as S.A. Moss. Um if you like stuff that's a little different from the norm, um, some satirical material in there and some good, you'll see there's some questioning of just certain religious things and certain ideas with doctrine and theology and just um, kind of some stereotypes and kind of the status quo in America with certain circles of Christianity. Uh, I think you'll enjoy it because it's good. Uh, the descriptions are strong. Um, there's some fun action sequences. The main character is not perfect by any means. He has flaws. He's interesting. Um, and the reason I think it's a good book too, it's quick. It's fast paced. It's not, you, is it 110 pages? Is that Something what it is? like that. Yeah. You short. can, you can bust through it. Like, especially, um, if you're someone who's a fast reader, just enjoy it for a night. Like, bust through it. Like, um, enjoy the character. See what the story is. I don't feel like you're going to get bogged down with too much world building. Um, and it's for sale. And, you know, it's like, it's someone from Reno wrote it. It's, I'm sorry, I, I'm not bashing on other people, but I've read much worse books that are bestsellers. So it's fun. It's by Sean. Um, what, have you decided a genre? What'd you put it under? Or I'm calling it future history, historical future. Historical future. I wonder if, man, there's so many genres, but <sighs> I don't know. No, I thought it's good and get it. Um, yeah, I, I think it's, um, was it a few bucks? Yeah. It's like, the ebooks two ninety nine. It's as cheap as I can. Yeah, make so it. listen, guys, you could be buying meth, which I know you all do, or get a book. Just give it a read. It's it's from it a guy read. you know. Like why you're gonna listen for an hour to this, but you won't read a quick book. It's it's not a hard read. It's not drudgery. There wasn't points where I'm like, oh my gosh, dude, can we leave? Because I've read some authors where I'm like, why are we in this one area for twenty five chapters? This kill me. So yeah, I thought you did good with that. I really do. It's and. My mom, uh, when she read through it, thought it was great. Hey, there you go. Your she, mom thinks I'm she cool. She thought the criticism, she was like, just the mockery in there. She liked that part. Oh, <laughs> so she tries fantastic. to hold her meanness in, but your <laughs> book like lets her feel a little bit. So, And I think yeah. you should go get Seth's book, too. You can get it in paperback now or ebook now Yep. Uh, by the time this comes out. And uh, yours is four times the length of mine. You I went somehow, a little longer than I thought. Yeah, you <laughs> wrote in less time than I wrote mine. You wrote four times what I wrote. Um, the great thing about your book, and Amazon does that thing where you can like look inside and see the first couple pages or something like that. Uh, and I think that you set up your book in a way so that in those first few pages, you promise the readers exactly what you're going to deliver. And I won't spoil it or anything, but essentially, like, you have taken basically some major concepts of fantasy books 
and crapped on them. crapped all <laughs> over them and uh you've taken a lot of like i would say like uh cliches and tropes and just turned them on their head which is good and it keeps it interesting and i think it's a super fun read and again even though it's 450 something pages or something 453 like that, yeah. um <laughs> it still doesn't take forever to get through uh and uh things are to the point there's a lot of murder which is uh, always lot, we're a fan there's of. There's a lot of death. I I feel like, yeah, I didn't want a book that was boring to read. I yeah, wanted it to have a pretty fast pace. Even some of the comment, like even some of their insults are pretty fast. You're going to have to catch them of like, oh, okay, he was talking crab tech guy. So, yeah. And, and here's the thing. We're not good at promoting or advertising. So all we can do is threaten. So... Go buy these things. If or, you were really uh, a we're Christian, looking at you. you would buy these. We're watching. I do want to be clear. I try to say this over and over. This is not a theology book. This is not doctrine. Yes, not and I would all. advise, unless your kids are super rad, do not have them read <laughs> it. Because any nerdy little 10-year-old is going to start saying bad words. So, now, if your kid's cool, yeah. I don't know. I guess I'll oh, let yeah, read it. For sure. But it's... Yeah, I'm pretty sure it bummed out some of my family, but that was kind of the point. So my oh. mom likes it so far. <laughs> she she's all, "What's wrong with it?" One other thing I want to say is uh, the bright future of Tales from the Ditch. We are beginning a media empire. You don't even know about this, Seth. Um, there's another podcast that's going to start recording in our studio. And be produced under the Tales from the Ditch Media Empire. Really? So we got podcasts, we got books, we already did our band thing, so we've got music. We made LaFlonzo movie that one time, so we've got movies. We essentially are a budding CW here. Conglomerate? Yeah, we're getting Oh there. oh my book my book. It's called uh The Noble Oh my villains. gosh, we never even said that. Yeah, The Noble Villains. Yeah, search for The Noble oh. Villains on Amazon and um make sure that you give that ebook a good rating on Goodreads. We don't care yes. about the Amazon rating, I guess. But Goodreads I, is a little more important. I don't know if people look I just appreciate Goodreads. We're having another really another podcast that's gonna use this studio. Yeah, man. I can't I can't say any more about it, but okay. uh but that's uh it's gonna happen hey this is sean real quick just breaking in to let you know that since we recorded this the other podcast i was discussing has been published it is known as the lush layman go search spotify for the lush layman podcast recorded in the tales from the ditch studio i got contacted by a guy a week ago he was going to start a podcast with his wife, and he wanted details from me of they like how, our how you do a podcast. And it was kind of cool, but I was like, you want, you want tips for me on how to have a successful <laughs> podcast? I'm like, I go, I can give you Sean's number. He goes, no, no, no. Like, how do you plan things? I go, oh, yeah, planning? Sorry. What are you talking about? Plan? Yeah. I'm not, I'm not structured yet. But yeah, so uh, you can look forward to more Tales from the Ditch produced stuff out there and eventually be a part of our media empire uh and you know we'll show those guys who's boss you know Infowars, they try to do that thing because they were like we you can't trust the news that's exactly what we're saying except we don't uh subscribe to the lizard men theory but uh That'd you can so trust rad. our media empire that was the most disappointing thing alex jones ever said like making me believe there were lizard people we knows darn well there are yeah we could publish our own books. We could publish our books under Tales from the Ditch. I think we did publish our own books. Well, <laughs> yeah. We've... We could be a publisher, and we could just help people put it on Amazon. <laughs> so here's the thing. Now, hear me out. So you pay us a grand, you're under our umbrella. No problem. And I will post twice a week about your book. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> With the wrong title and a picture of a dog. Exactly. But you got to pay us. Oh, gosh. Perfect. All right. You want to wrap it up? Yeah, uh, so talesfromditch at gmail.com. Uh, if you got a question, send it to us. Uh, we have a Patronus. What is it? Oh, I forgot about that. Talesfromtheditch.patreon. Wait, no. Patreon.com slash talesfromtheditch to be Patreon people. We still got two 2020 calendars. We got to give away. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> what is the point of any of this? What a terrible year that was. And 2021, I still the jury's out on <laughs> I just got to say this. Thank you to our donors from yes. the last few years. And by that, I mean Judah, Logan, Shay, Miles, and Troy. I think we all learned something tonight. <laughs> Zip it up. Zip it out.